0: Lafayette, were you surprised uh, the Bears kept it somewhat close?
1: No, because, <laughs> because it's it's the NFL in 2021. Fields is starting to look a little bit improved. Yeah. It, 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 is it me, though, or does all of the Twitter analysts slash tout NFL community, like, they're living on every play of Justin Fields. It's like their life depends on him being good. It's very strange. I gotta yeah. be honest with you
0: on Twitter. He's like an analytics darling. So like everyone that has exactly in the analytics community is like hoping for a success and they're rationalizing all his failures away with just Matt Nagy's poor play calling and poor decision-making
1: hundred percent. And I think a lot of that's legitimate Matt, Mike, whatever you want to count us down. We're good, man. I think a lot of that's leg- legitimate. We'll go in cold. We'll go in cold. Go ahead. But, but how much of it is but how much of it is on him and how much of it is on coaching and play calling? Because you have to give him some blame, right? I mean, he's had some awful performances.
0: Yeah, yeah, you definitely do. It's tough to like disentangle him from the bad offensive line and the bad coach. But as the sample gets bigger, hopefully we can kind of figure those things out. And I'm glad he's at least doing a little bit better.
1: Well, what's going on, everybody? Welcome to awesome.com NFL Strategy Show presented by Jock Market. We're in week 10 already, which is just outright crazy that the season's moving this fast. We got 18 weeks this year, though. We'll get some playoffs, so we're not going anywhere anytime soon. Breaking down the Baltimore Ravens and the Miami Dolphins today. I'm Dave Lochran On the Twitters at Lafay underscore D, give your boy a follow, L-O-U-G-H-Y underscore D, and hit up my man, Every week, co-host Monday and Thursday, Matt Gajewski, at Matt underscore Gajewski, G-A-J-E-W-S-K-I. Got it? Got it?
0: That is it. That uh, is it. Thanks, Huffy. Thanks for All spelling right. it.
1: I got you, man. I got you. I always spell mine and just assume that Gajewski is going to be easier. <laughs> it's not, though. What's going on, dude?
0: Not too much, man. I was really, we were talking before the show, some of you probably caught it, Really pumped that my Bears at least kept it close with this dealer. So we're just taking the small wins here. But now I'm really excited for another showdown slate. We get to talk Lamar Jackson again. And he always presents an interesting puzzle for these showdown slates because usually he's just the guy everybody wants to captain. So how do you handle a guy that easily projects at the top of the slate but comes with the ownership? So I'm excited to talk about that.
1: So am I. Yeah, and look, with with the Bears, I think you have to look at that game and say that was – you know, best case outcome is they win, but all in all fields made some big plays and clutch moments. It was by far the, his best performance of the year. I I don't think there's any question about that. And uh, you know what the, the one roughing or the taunting penalty that could have sealed the game in all seriousness could have ended the game and and given the bears a win. It helped me out immensely from a betting perspective, but I I mean, I'm not going to lie. It was, it was a terrible, terrible call. And and it led to the Steelers potentially getting that win and not getting upset.
0: Yeah, I hope some of these officiating blunders are reviewed this offseason, particularly like some of the taunting penalty stuff, but a lot of just the subjective rules that are being enforced, I, I they should review these referees and at least like hold them accountable for some of their bad decisions. Like you can't have games decided by these factors. I personally think like they should take officiating out of it and these guys should just be like, glorified bodyguards preventing fights and have everything done from <laughs> afar but like games w- game should not be decided by that like this no. is gambling aside like these players put so much into the game to have something like that that they cannot control for the most part decide a game is just unbelievable to me
1: it really is but well we move on right thursday night maybe we'll have some more outrageous officiating today hopefully not uh, because the way the, the way it sways directions, a game is games is is rough, but whatever, you know, we don't we don't prepare for that. And you always hear people talking about how the NFL is rigged yet here they are betting every week and playing DFS. So I mean, <laughs> pick a lane fellas, you know, it's like, God, the NFL's rigged. I had that bet. So why are you betting on a sport that's rigged unless you're involved in the rigging, then in that case, go for it, man. But uh, Ravens seven and a half point favorites on the road, 27 point total. Dolphins 19 and a half point total. We're still waiting on the Tua Tagovailoa news uh, and a couple of other pieces that we'll get to throughout the show. And I should say Happy Veterans Day. Thank you for reminding me, JJ. Happy Veterans Day to all the veterans out there. Appreciate you. Hopefully uh, we can provide some info and entertainment, and hopefully you guys are off today. But we work the holidays, Matt. And I'll tell you what wouldn't have it any other way because it's a fun job. So even if we're doing Thanksgiving slates or veterans day slates or any of these, we're still talking football.
0: We have to man. Thanksgiving slate, which is coming up hot. That's my favorite slate of the year. And I'm pretty sure I've never won on that slate, but it's just like (laughs) all the hype behind it. It's my favorite. It's really hard to like, we'll talk about that slate, obviously more as it comes, but that little three game slate is such a unique puzzle because the prize pools are enormous But all the ownership we talk about, all those problems are like exasperated to the nth degree because there's only three games.
1: You're so right. Same with, I know you don't play a lot of NBA, but NBA Christmas Day slates are the same because they're taking good teams generally and putting them on that slate. So you might have five games, but you have five games where it's insanely top heavy, where like all of the best players in the league are playing on a five-game slate, and then value is scarce. But then you've got slates spread out from, 12 o'clock in the afternoon till 10 PM lock or start at night. So you're waiting on news. It just makes it so tough to win, especially on a holiday. If you have family, if you have a life, you know, you can't sit around and make those changes. And I shouldn't say if you have a life, if you have family that you're seeing or if you're busy throughout the day, it's tough. So yeah, these slates are hard to win on, but they're also the most fun of the year. I'm with you. Thanksgiving day football, trying to hit that Millie. um, Nothing beats it, but I love show. I have come to really love showdown slates. And at first I thought, you know, you and I have been doing showdown live before locks almost since they started, but I've, I've come to really love them. And at first I was like, man, I don't know how I feel about this. Then once you start playing them, you fall in love with it. And Matt, we get comments all the time that, you know, people tune into these showdown shows with us every day or every time we have on like huge beats said, this has uh, easily become my favorite way to kill the last hour of work. On Thursday morning, appreciate you, man. Uh, Yeah, I just hope we can give you the best analysis we can. So hit that thumbs up when we dive into this. Subscribe to the channel. Thank you for getting us to uh, sixty-five thousand, pushing towards seventy k. Thanks to you guys. Uh, But more than anything, got to combat those YouTube overlords. You know the drill. Got that algorithm working against us. Let's flip the uh, let's flip the scales in the other direction, and uh, we need your help. So let's do it. And if you want to join, hit that join button. Get the custom emojis. The sweet badges that uh, look cooler over time. Of course shout outs and uh, anytime you have questions we try and prioritize you as along with our premium guys uh, in the discord. So Matt, let's do it. Ravens minus seven and a half 27 point total. We got to start with Lamar Jackson because whenever it comes to showdown slates, this year's a little bit different because there actually have been some there was one where he wasn't in the optimal but generally speaking, Lamar Jackson is a seven and a half point favorite with a 27 point total as I repeat myself again, is somebody that's very difficult to get away from, even if you're trying to be different.
0: Yeah. And with Lamar Jackson, I think always asking the question, how much is the efficient ownership on him? Like what, what should he reasonably be owned at? And right now it's the first time I can remember where we actually have a negative leverage score on him, just using some of our top play tools, but that doesn't mean you should fade Lamar Jackson. When you just look at the raw projection number, He's over 10 points ahead of Jacoby Brissett, who we currently have projected to start. That's some late news you'll need to wait on. But anytime you have like a 10 point difference between the top score and the next score, like that's a guy you want in your lineup in some capacity. If you are captaining him where he is drawing a ton of ownership, the one thing you need to think about is where you're going to get different. If you're playing him in the utility spot, there's a little bit of you're saving some leverage right away just by doing that. But then I think there's more ways you can get different because you're saving so much salary. But overall, like the analysis on Lamar Jackson is you should just be playing this guy outside of your enormous tournaments. And one thing that's really different with Lamar Jackson this year is the Ravens passing. Like they are just passing so far above expectation. Throughout the year, they've been a top five team in pass rate over expectation, which has really increased Lamar Jackson's ceiling. And just speaking to this, like there's plenty of edges you can exploit, not just in DFS. One prop I really like using our odd shopper tool is the over 18 and a half completions. And even though Miami is a seven and a half point favorite, which you would think bodes well for the run game, they've just been passing at such a high rate over expectation in neutral games that Lamar Jackson easily projects over 18 and a half. We have this as one of the best win rates, just using the odd chopper tool and sorting for win rate. So that's one I particularly like, but to sum all this up, it's really hard to get away from Jackson.
1: It really is, man. And yeah, what do we have? 64% win rate. We've got them projected for over 20 completions in this game. And let's not forget, I I already hit this, by the way, Uh, the the odd shopper, the best thing too, is it'll give you the best bet at each site. Uh, So you don't have to find it. The over on is minus minus one Oh two. So you're not even paying really any juice on this either, Matt, if you, if you're not just using it for DFS research purposes and you wanted to hit the over, you're getting it at almost even money. Yeah. Love that. And I think
0: it makes sense. Like their running backs are so bad right now. Like Devontae Freeman, Le'Veon Bell. Lamar's a phenomenal runner himself, but the Ravens obviously want to use that situationally. Like they want Lamar through the playoff run. So they don't want this guy getting injured.
1: And you had, you already had Marquise Brown. Who's averaging almost nine targets per game. He's been, I mean, he has been probably the one guy I got more wrong than anyone this year. And I'm actually okay with it. Just in the sense that I didn't think he'd see this much volume. Uh, And and I wasn't sure that Greg Roman would actually decide to throw the football. Now, he's still running at an extraordinarily high clip, but they are getting the pass catchers more involved. So you got him, you have Mark Andrews, you have Rashad Bateman, and then Sammy Watkins was a full practice participant. So I'm assuming that even though he's questionable, he's going to play. Does that throw a wrench into the works when it comes to the wide receivers and the pass catchers? Yes, but I think it really bolsters – both the floor and ceiling of the passing game for Lamar Jackson, because he's never had such an embarrassment of riches. And another thing, Matt, is not only does he have all of these guys, right, on top of what he had last year, but outside of the drops, Marquise Brown has clearly taken a dramatic step forward this year.
0: And we know drops are not a sticky statistic. Right. Look at Jamar Chase in the preseason. Beautiful example. But one thing I want to point out with the elevated pass rate and talking about Lamar in the captain spot, because he's passing at such a higher rate, there is a chance that one of these pass catchers, if all the opportunities or most of them, or even just the touchdowns are condensed to one player that they could outscore Jackson in the captain spot. This wasn't as likely in seasons prior, just because of the heavy run rate and Lamar Jackson's involvement on the ground. I still don't think it's the most likely outcome, but I think it's more likely than seasons prior, just because that elevated pass rate. But with that said, if you take that approach, you definitely still want Lamar Jackson in your utility
1: spot. Absolutely. Have you looked at our top plays tool today? Yep. Okay. I, I know you were mentioning a couple of tools. I wasn't I was trying to read chat and juggle some things. His top play probability compared to the rest of the field is outrageous. It's at 69.4%. The next closest top play probability is jacoby Brissett at five (laughs) percent dude
0: that's just crazy that's ridiculous and so we have him with a very slightly negative leverage score so that just compares the top play percentage with overall ownership but what it tells me it being close at least is that you can build lineups and just eat this chalk and then find ways to get different elsewhere. And I think because we have more pass catchers for Baltimore coming back healthy, Sammy Watkins in particular, but Nick Boyle's also expected back. We'll tell about, we'll talk about his impact later. You can get different with Lamar Jackson at captain. It just, no gonna, it, sorry, go ahead, man. No, that was it. I was just going to sum all that up.
1: So the one thing I always look at, right. It's, it's easy to look at top play probability, but also looking at, um, optimal captain so you can have someone that ends up being the top overall score but because of their price point isn't the optimal captain right that's why th- this tool is, is super important to, to use context and it's free today the nfl uh, showdown and single game top plays tool entirely free today if you're already a premium sub you guys already know that this tool is invaluable when it comes to showdowns if you're not and maybe you're not ready to sign up yet. If you are use the promo code NFL showdown, all one word, all caps. Um, but if you haven't or uh, yet, uh, by the way, it'll get you 25% off your first week of awesome. Plus platinum, everything on the site, every sport, every tool created by awesome. himself. Number one ranked player out there. Uh, but like I was saying, if, you, if you're not ready yet, uh, and you just want to take a look, maybe get a peek behind the glass without uh, without paying for a sub, NFL t- showdown top plays tool is totally free today. You don't have to sign up. You can just go to the NFL dropdown under the DFS one and find it. NBA player projections are free. NHL top stacks and our college basketball projections are free Matt from you. How have you been doing early on with that?
0: Uh, two and zero oh on the season. It's, nice. it's been a, a print fest so far. So nice. if, you're, if it's legal in your state, check it out. There's big information advantages right now.
1: You have to think so. I, I crushed yesterday, swept the betting slate for college basketball and NBA thanks to your and uh, Ben Ben Rassa's help. So I'm all in, man. I mean, like just the, bet, betting some teams I've literally never heard of before. But hey.
0: I, I was going to say, today's slate for DFS has Vermont versus Northern Iowa. Like George Washington, <laughs> Sacred Heart, UC Riverside. If you've never heard of these, just use our tools. It'll save you a lot of time and a lot of effort.
1: And they're free today. So yeah, definitely check them out. But yeah, 69.4% top play probability. This is, I, I find this to be so important, Matt. His captain ownership is 27%. His optimal captain probability is 18%. So he's actually has a what? Uh, 9% negative leverage, I guess you could say, as a captain, where that just means that, yeah, Lamar could easily finish as the top overall play, but because he's so expensive, It might not be that he is the optimal captain because what it does to the rest of your team. So what this tells me is, yeah, still 18% uh, uh, captain or optimal captain probability is still very high, but unlike where he's the by far the highest probability as a top play overall, there are other guys like Gusecki who has 11.8% captain optimal uh, or optimal captain probability. Jalen Waddles at 11%, Brissett's at 10%, Justin Tucker's at 9% on this slate there are other ways to get Lamar Jackson in and not captain him and actually feel like you're making the right decision.
0: Yeah, a hundred percent. I think you laid it out well, where it's the salary with Lamar Jackson that's prohibitive more than anything else. And you really need punt plays for him to work out. There are some today, but they're all really dicey. And I think there could be other ways to build with Lamar Jackson at utility, and then maybe take one of his pass catchers in the captain spot or go to a burst set who's significantly cheaper. There's a lot of ways you can build lineups today and it all revolves around where you put Jackson. So I do agree with the tool here and think that there's some interesting things you can build with Jackson at utility rather than captain.
1: So you and I always build a lineup at the end of the show. We should build like a large field tournament lineup with Jackson in the captain spot and then build one without him in the captain spot. hundred percent agree. All right, cool. Yeah. Cause people like that. I think it's helpful. Even if we're not going to play it, it gives us, it's a, it's a nice kind of thought ex- experiment to see where we're going with with this when we haven't, you know, when it's still so early in the morning. All right, what else, what are we doing with the pass catches? And yes, we'll get into the fact that Latavius Murray's doubtful and Devonte Freeman and Le'Veon Bell almost split carries for a combined 24 touches on the ground last week. But um, I think you're going to get Sammy Watkins back, which to me is is at least in some part, is at least in some part relevant because Sammy's last game was week five. Rashad Bateman's first week was week six. So this would be, in the event that he returns, the first week where you have Watkins, you have Bateman, you have Marquise Brown, and then you have Mark Andrews. I mean, how many three-receiver sets are we going to see with this team, you know, with Mark Andrews obviously out there as well? What's the distribution going to look like? It's possible to me that Sammy Watkins just not gets phased out but becomes like a two, three target per game guy and just steals him away from other kind of tertiary guys that have been on the field. I
0: think he kind of becomes what the Devin Duvernay's. Totally agree. Yeah, like in the past, like the what, what the Willie Sneeds have been in the world. And it comes down to this team uses a lot of 12 personnel. And this is something we talk about basically with every team on the slate. Like what does their player personnel packages look like? And the one thing I want to point to today, which a lot of people might not realize the impact, is Nick Boyle's return. He's expected to play tonight. Just check and make sure he's like warming up and he's not inactive for some reason. But he's been on IR all year. But Nick Boyle, he's one of their best blocking tight ends. They use him a lot in 12 personnel because Mark Andrews can just flex out into the slot at. He's a tight end. He'll line up in line, but he can also play in the slot, which is important to this team. There were some like funny quotes like from Lamar and the coaching staff, like Nick Boyle's the engine of this offense but he's not really that reliable for fantasy or DFS purposes, but his presence on the field does take away from players like Sammy Watkins. When they do run 11 personnel, I expect Watkins to be out there, and I think they'll kick Marquise Brown into the slot. He is the highest slot rate between Watkins and Rashad Bateman. Bateman's essentially been an outside only receiver this year, which I think is fine. But Watkins coming back from the injury, Bateman playing as well as he has. I just don't see Watkins getting the bump over Bateman. I still think it's Bateman and Marquise Brown in two wide, and then Sammy comes on the field for three wide sets.
1: You know what's crazy? They Okay, so they're running three receiver sets 37% of the time this year. For anyone wondering, that's not a lot at all. Um, they're running 21 personnel, two receiver sets, at 29%, which is the second highest in the league behind only the San Francisco 49ers. <sighs> that's what does that say to you i mean very little three sets, two receiver sets they've only ran 12 one they've only run 12 personnel at a four percent clip this year do you think that has to do with with what they've had uh banged up at tight end
0: yeah 100 okay and like last year they ran it at a much higher clip just Boyle being active i do think they do that and as far as like the 21 personnel goes I mean, I don't know why you would try to get two of these like dusty backs on the field. I think it's been, I don't know. Like, I think it's been a product of necessity to start. Like we didn't have Boyle. This will be his first week back. We're talking about week 10. They've lost like either Marquise, excuse me, either Sammy Watkins or Rashad Bateman has been out every single week this year. This is the first week Lamar Jackson's had all three of his top three pass catchers. So we're dealing with just the first time all season we've been able to really play around with these player personnel packages and i think that's why we haven't seen a lot of 12 personnel and why we could see the ravens vary what they're trying to do tonight a little bit more
1: so do you think we see more three receiver sets then if this is personnel based given that they have actually good receivers now many of them
0: i don't think they use as many two back sets so i think more 11 and more 12
1: gotcha okay they it would only make sense who do you, but you like never the know? Most-
0: we we can't just assume these things. Maybe they, maybe they love Le'Veon Bell and Tyson Williams down the field at the same time. <laughs> I don't know.
1: Yeah. I, you're right though. The team that's running the most two running back sets, the second most in the league has Latavius Murray, not, not healthy. Right. But guys like Latavius Murray and, and Devante Freeman and Le'Veon Bell and Tyson Williams have been the guys all year long, they're running the most two RB sets. That's a second most RB set. That is so strange.
0: Yeah, I, I don't get it at all. I don't, but I don't know. I literally think it changes because now they have like their best players back, like their best blocking tight end, Nick Boyle. You And Nick Boyle, he's he's like somewhat viable as a receiver. He's just not dynamic, but he will get some targets out there. He actually ran a fair amount of routes last year, but he only played nine games and Like Sammy Watkins, he obviously gives you a lot. Like you can now kick Marquise Brown into the slot and you don't have to run out like James Prochet or Devin DuVernay who can only play in the slot. Like Marquise can be used all around the formation, but just having Watkins and Bateman who can play outside and win outside gives your offense a lot more.
1: They're also leading the league in the most 22 personnel sets, Matt. So (laughs) that's good,
0: 18%. I I think they can use the two (laughs) tight ends, but man, like... You really want Watkins and Bateman off the field and 22 personnel? Like, you're only I, running I, one no. receiver at that point.
1: I don't get it. But I'm, I, I, unless, like, unless these numbers are wrong, but sharp football is not a bad sight at all. Uh, that's, they,
0: they are, they do mislead you in one way. Tell and me. So they'll, they'll quantify, like, two tight end sets, whether or not Mark Andrews is in the slot. So sometimes oh, they
1: oh oh interesting. Okay, that's sometimes a big, that's a big factor.
0: Like Miami plays a decent amount of 12 personnel, but Jasicki's only a slot receiver, and we'll talk about Jasicki when we get there. But so that can mislead things too if you have two tight ends on the field, but then Mark Andrews is flexed into the slot.
1: So they don't account for alignment on tight ends. Okay. Yeah. Interesting. All right.
0: So just like think about that. Like Boyle can be on the field with Andrews and they're not necessarily both in line.
1: Matt, is your dad a teacher?
0: No, he's a security guard.
1: Okay. Because Apon said, I'm pretty sure I had your dad as a teacher in high school at Grafton. But...
0: And we live at we live in Appleton. My family does. Okay. So that's just the big no. For the two of you in chat that don't know where that is.
1: <laughs> no idea. Yeah. Where 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 do you go then with these guys? Um, I, Mark, you know, Marcus Brown has a 28.4% target share since Rashad Bateman returned. So I don't want to sleep on that. Mar, uh, Mark Andrews at 21%. Uh, Rashad Bateman's at 18.5%. You've seen a nice, nice concentration of targets on this team, believe it or not.
0: Yeah, you have. It's, it's really interesting to look at because today's single game slate, like you can't just pay up for all the studs. So Marquise Brown, I think, kind of becomes a victim of that, especially in like low risk contests. I think if you want to take the contrarian approach and like Captain Marquise Brown and use Jack Jackson in the flex, that's fine. But because you're trying to pay up, most likely for Jackson himself. And then I assume a lot of people will play Brissett just because the two popular or the two quarterback build is very popular. When you start putting in Brissett and Jackson together, like you just can't get Marquise Brown. So I think Sammy Watkins is going to be more popular tonight. He's at a really cheap price. Same thing with Rashad Bateman, who's just not quite at the same price level as as a Marquise Brown. But there's obviously really good reasons to play Marquise Brown with the elevated price. Like, I I don't think he's going to be maybe as owned as he should be, but the pricing just makes things so interesting on today's slate.
1: No question. Marquise Brown's expensive. And you know what? It's warranted. He deserves it. He does. Like, he's been good. He's been amazing. Yeah. He could have been better, too. Yeah. Oh, don't get me... we're still hanging on that, both of us. You're talking about the Lions game? Yeah, man,
0: I played um, him. I was very upset.
1: Oh, I had so much of it, so many skinny stacks with him and, and Lamar Jackson that if you ran that back 10 times, 100 times, you know, just that same situation, you're looking at huge games for both of them. Huge. If he doesn't drop those touchdowns. But he dropped another one a few weeks later. But all in all, he's been really good. And I, I I I have no problem going to Marquise Brown. No problem going to Bateman. I I will be honest though, Matt. I know that Sammy Watkins isn't particularly expensive, but I, I think he should be cheaper in this spot. I, I really I know he was a seven target. Right? He was seeing around seven targets per game before he got hurt. Like that target share was actually pretty solid, but he's you know not a particularly high A dot guy. He's not targeted in the red zone. There's a lot of things that have to break right for Sammy Watkins. And now you've got him contending for, for just getting on the field more with someone like Rashad Bateman. I get it if he's going to be very low owned. that. That's understandable to me. But I, I think you could probably go with some some other options here and not feel compelled to, to work him into all of your lineups.
0: Yeah, I agree. He projects pretty well for us, but I will say this is volatile. With Nick Boyle coming back, with Rashad Bateman being healthy, Sammy Watkins, I think has one of the most fragile projections on the entire slate. So for things like, like cash games, he's going to pop, but I think you could maybe X out and then just try to run lineups, see what they look like without him. Because like Sammy Watkins, if he ends up playing like 70% of the snaps, he could have an amazing game. If Baltimore decides they're a three wide team, if they decide they're going to play mostly in 12 personnel or use the two backs, they've been using at a league high rate for whatever reason. Sammy Watkins has a really low floor too. So I I think he's just really volatile. And I do think Bateman and Marquise Brown are definitely more consistent for a guy like Bateman. If you can find the salary, I would much rather try to get up to him Uh, again. There, there is a pricing difference between the two, but if you can find the salary, I think that is something that is worthwhile. They're only 200 apart. So that's That's just what I'll say. Yeah.
1: That, but like, if they were only 200 apart and their ownership was way different, and like Bateman was getting way more, way more ownership, I'd be happy to get to Watkins, but they have nearly identical ownership right now. So it's not even really uh, a question for me. I, I do stand corrected though. His, he's actually seen Watkins actually has been targeted uh, a decent amount downfield this year. So I do want to retract that. He uh, actually has six deep, deep targets on, in five games. So that's you know, somewhat interesting, but not a single touchdown. And like you said, Matt, not a very high floor, or not very high ceiling. Uh, so, all right, running backs here, Devonte Freeman, Le'Veon Bell. They had counted for 24 carries last week. Tyson Williams saw some snaps but didn't see a, a, a carry on the ground. You had Freeman with 13 carries, Le'Veon Bell with 11. I mean, really, when you're looking at these guys, like you said, they're dusty. There's not a lot to like in terms of just overall efficiency. And and I truly don't think that, that any of us would want to um, – I don't think anybody would want to argue in favor of, hey, the upside here is really strong for both of these guys. It comes down to touchdowns for both. Um, last week, red zone targets, Le'Veon Bell and Lamar Jackson both had a goal line carry. Devontae Freeman didn't, but we've seen him get those two. So I can't even look at you, Matt, and say, well, this guy's the clear goal line back uh, if it's not Lamar Jackson. I really don't know. I agree. I think this
0: could e- increasingly become like a 50-50 timeshare too, because Le'Veon Bell has played reasonably well. He's definitely not like dynamic, but since he's kind of gotten acclimated to the offense, it's been like a steady increase in terms of efficiency for him. And what it comes down to between the two is you do have a price gap. Le'Veon Bell is a little bit more than a thousand cheaper than, than Devante Freeman here. And if we think this, this is going to be close to a 50-50 timeshare, and we have all the expensive options we're trying to prioritize, Saving the salary is important. I think by the end of the day, Le'Veon Bell comes in with a little more ownership, but ultimately, I think it's pretty close. And both of these guys probably end up a little bit under-owned just because you have the Batemans, the Watkins in the same area in terms of price. And I think they will be prioritized. So if you can Do- guess which one scores the touchdowns, may- maybe that's your GPP winner.
1: Right, exactly. Do you love either of these guys?
0: No. <laughs> And it's because, like, not only do you have the backfield split between them and then maybe whatever, Tyson Williams gets a carry or two that matters, but Lamar Jackson also takes a decent amount yep. of the rushing attempts for a team that's not running at the same rate they were last year. So a lot of people have this perception where we remember J.K. Dobbins, Gus Edwards getting 15-plus carries apiece in a game. That's not happening anymore.
1: No, and in all fairness, why should it, right? Agreed, they, man. Yeah, and, again, they didn't have the same type of pass-catching options. Now you can actually lean on the pass. Lamar's looked good as a passer. He's got some great weapons all over the field. Yeah, you don't need to. You're hoping for touchdowns here. Now, this isn't to say that you don't want to play these guys because that's just not true. It's a showdown slate. and it's, it Could Freeman fall into the end zone twice? Yeah, he definitely could. Um, definitely could. But could Lamar Jackson have two rushing touchdowns from 25 yards out? Yeah, he could, and and that could kill these guys. So uh, another thing just to consider, Matt, and and then we'll move on, is when you look at a guy like Le'Veon Bell and you look at somebody like Devontae Freeman, Freeman is getting more targets, which is interesting because Baltimore is notorious, especially under Roman and with a running quarterback, for not targeting their running backs in the passing game, right? They've been the lowest or one of the lowest teams in terms of targeting their backfield. Uh, uh, per- percentage-wise over the last several years, ever since Lamar Jackson came into the fold. So there is that one small advantage where you've seen Devontae De Freeman with um, 12 targets. He's averaging three targets and eight rec- or three targets per game over his last four. That might not seem like a lot, but that additional, say, maybe four to five points, assuming he doesn't score in the passing game, could be valuable on a slate like this.
0: and I think Freeman just from a raw projection standpoint stands out a little bit more for us but this backfield again I think is fragile similar to the Sammy Watkins situation where we've seen some fluidity to it throughout the season like one week it's Tyson Williams and Latavius Murray before he gets hurt and then we've seen it split between Freeman and Bell with Freeman taking a lead in most of the opportunity category snaps but Bell playing well of late, so does this change? And I think for tournaments, that's what makes it such a good spot to target, especially at low ownership. For cash games, things like that, I honestly think I'm probably going to avoid both backs for the same reason I'm going to avoid Watkins. Just the fragility here, and you have players that do present consistent roles. Bateman, Marquise Brown, Lamar Jackson. So it's it's tough for me to really go all in on any of these really volatile players, but for tournaments, that's something we definitely like. And if you're running multiple lineups, you should be mixing these players into your lineups.
1: No doubt. Hey, I appreciate you. Where is it? I, I lost it already. Someone was saying something nice about us, and I wanted to say thank you to them, Matt, but I don't know where it is. Someone Hardy said Lafayette. Yeah. Van, Housen? Yes, Van Housen.
0: You. Did you see it?
1: Go ahead. Artie Van Housen, thank you very
0: much for the compliment. Matt and Lafay are the best combo on this channel. Nicest thing anyone's ever said to me. Appreciate you. <laughs>
1: Appreciate you, man. We want we we want to give we want to put out good content for you. It's uh it's important to us. It's also important that we hit that hundred thumbs up as well. You know what I mean? We're at 65, we got 35 to go. Much appreciated in advance. I know we'll get there for sure. Anything else for Baltimore, Matt? We have we honestly have to talk about Justin Tucker here because he has a relatively high. Uh, optimal captain spot probability which you don't see very often for kickers which is wild
0: and (laughs) this this goes against like everything in my mind about kickers and showdowns like I never captain them they have such like a low probability of being the highest scored their upside is just so capped unless you have a weird five field goal game like it comes down to price Lamar Jackson being so expensive like he outscores Justin Tucker So many times, I don't even know, maybe like 95% of the time, 98% of the time. But Lamar Jackson's so cost prohibitive that your lineups just look significantly different than if you were to captain a guy like Justin Tucker, where you could jam in all the studs in your utility spots. With that said, it's still really hard for me to do it. I I think because it's a lower scoring game, 46 and a half total, it is viable, but I'm just having a lot of trouble getting there.
1: Yeah, I hear you. It's like a mental roadblock for me. I I I'm totally with you. It is crazy though. You look at one, two, three, four, five, six. He has he's averaging the seventh most fantasy points on this slate, like, and that's including every skill player. So, and it's it's crazy. But I, I have a tough time with it as well. I really do. And I think this game. It's not like this game has a 38 point total either. It's 46 and a half points are still going to be scored, right? Um, that's the problem. If this was a really low projected scoring game, Justin Tucker could be really, really appealing, but uh, you know, Justin Tucker in the, uh, in the utility. Yeah, sure. And feel the a lot last, better about it. Last thing I'll say about t- Justin Tucker, he is not priced up like Justin Tucker, Matt. He's priced like any other kicker. And that's important if you're playing him in the utility, because I don't want a $6,500 Tucker in the utility spot, 4,000. Perfectly fine with that.
0: Agreed. Agreed. Uh,
1: All right, hey, Jock Market. If you guys haven't checked them out yet, head over to Jock Market in the App Store or the Google Play Store, wherever you are, wherever phone you have, and you want to check it out. They've turned fantasy sports into a stock exchange where you can make money down to the minute, down to the damn second over at Jock Market by buying and selling shares of player in real time for real money. If you use, well, actually, let me say this much first. It's kind of like day trading for players from a DFS perspective, and it's very cool, but they have an IPO period where you can come in during this IPO period and you can find players based on your research. Maybe you're watching this show with us and we're breaking things down and we're all going over this together, taking that first cursory look at the slate and and identifying stuff and, and, and where things are off. And that's why we use Odd Shopper with this as well, because we're like, well, the props there, I'm looking at it this way, Maybe I should be looking at it this way, which is exactly why we use props uh, for DFS research and not just for betting, Um, especially when you can use like win rate, expected win rate and ROI and all of that stuff played into it. Well, this IPO period is perfect opportunity, a perfect opportunity to take advantage of that research and grab players before they get steamed throughout the day, before they get popular, before people start recognizing, hey, this guy's a much better play. Uh, than he should have been earlier in the day. He's discounted here, there, whatever. You can take advantage of that on Jock Market, whereas on other sites, you're just playing that, and you're hoping that people don't figure it out. And then I'll take this IPO. If you can, you can sell them for more before the game, or hold them, or buy more during the game, so many different ways to do it. We have, too, the, uh, we have the IPO tool, the IPO projections over at Awesome 100% free every day of the week to help you beat the market over there. And if you want to check it out, you want to download the app, J-O-C-K space M-K-T, you'll get a $50 bonus on your first deposit by using the promo code awesomeo. And the first market guarantee, listen closely, means that if a new user doesn't profit on their first NFL cash market, they're refunded up to $100. It's a win-win. Check it out. Jock Market, App Store, Google Play Store. And of course, use that promo code AWESOMO to get up to $50 deposit bonus the first time you sign up. And put some cash in over there on jock market. All right, Matt, I did forget to ask you do you like Baltimore's defense?
0: Yeah, I think, especially with like Brissett under center, that adds a little bit more volatility. They're set up to be in a game script where they're going to be rushing the passer, potentially creating turnovers, interceptions, fumbles, things like that. So they're more interesting than the Miami defense to me. And we forgot to talk about Nick Boyle for a oh, second. Sure, I, just, go ahead. I just want to bring him up. Like he's primarily a blocker but i went back and ran the numbers last year he ran 14.3 routes per game which is not zero so that is significant he definitely is live to be like a touchdown score away from the optimal lineup
1: all right i like it we got miami i have to speed this up a little bit you and i just get to talking and then time just disappears you know it's
0: oh yeah i didn't realize we only 20 no, minutes left
1: it happens every show but uh, I don't know. Hopefully, you guys are enjoying it. So, two is questionable to play. How much does it really matter whether it's him or Jacoby Brissett? I think it matters a little bit. I do think it's a
0: downgrade, yeah. but not not substantial. I think Brissett is one of the better backups in the NFL, and I think Tua is like a mid-range starter at best. So, I I don't think this is drastically different.
1: I really don't either, and and quite frankly. Neither of these guys makes a big difference on the ground. Like Tua has some some Tua had some rushing production in a couple games and and Brissett had one, but you're not playing either of these guys for the rushing upside. So I I agree it's a downgrade. Like you still want Tua as a passer. But that see, this is why I loved Jalen Waddle last week. And I'm not saying he was spectacular, but he didn't kill. Actually, he didn't hurt you at all on last week's slate because mostly everybody sucked, Matt. But (laughs) you know, he's now seen. Look at this. He's now seen uh, what? 21 to 40, 43, sorry, 40, yeah, 43 targets over his last four game games. He's averaging double digit targets over his last four. And it doesn't really matter whether it's Brissett or or of on the field. The big thing is that Will Fuller is ruled out. They, they said they got some good news, but he's still out and, and isn't playing tonight. Devontae Parker's on the eye uh, on the injured reserve. So, when you start looking at what this team, what, what Jacoby or sorry, Jalen Waddle's role is right now. Yeah. You'd love to see him targeted more deep downfield. That would be great. Even though, um, you know, last week he, he had a few of those. He still targeted so much on such high percentage receptions that in PPR formats, I'll just keep going back to him.
0: I agree. I think part of this is because they do have such a poor offensive line. Like, Right. This team can't yeah, they they can't pass protect. So sometimes just like getting the ball into your playmakers' hands can be really valuable. Like Waddle, he's an explosive athlete. He can just make plays after the catch. And rather than chance, like a we'll call him like non-mobile quarterbacks. You get what I'm saying? Like they're they're not Lamar Jackson, they're not navigating the pocket as well as some other signal callers. So just taking the easy yards that are there, I think, makes a lot of sense for Waddle and he was used a lot downfield in college. It's not to say he can't do it. So perhaps he receives a situational deep threat here and there. But what it comes down to with you brought up the receiver injuries with so many guys banged up, like he just has a locked in target share. And at his price, like he's he's cheaper than a lot of really important players on this slate. I think you can just get to him knowing that the price points not drastic, like cheaper than Cheaper than Mark Andrews, much cheaper than Marquise Brown. I think he projects right on par with him. Cross-reference with the Oswald awesome projections; that seems to be the case. He's just too cheap for his target share right now.
1: That's how I see it too. I really do. And and you don't have to love him, but you have to understand that he's going to be on the field for most, almost every passing play. He's going to run a route on every, almost every drop back. You know, who ran 40 routes as well last week, though, Matt. Mackesicky. Ho- well, Mac Hollins. That, so I, I want to ask you about this.
0: They healthy scratch Preston Williams a couple weeks yeah. and he reportedly is going to play tonight. Like, do you think that affects this like weird Mac Holland? Like Matt Collins is a practice squad guy. He's been around the league for many years and I'm actually surprised he's stuck around this long and he did not play well on his opportunities. Like, yes, he had the touchdown last week, but only 22 yards. Do we think Preston Williams comes back and takes some of
1: that? I don't know. I mean, Matt Collins played 80% of snaps last week. So he did. I see what you're saying, but he wasn't even situationally used. Like he was out there on essentially every passing play of the game. So yeah. I don't know. I, I don't know. Maybe there's something Brian Flores just likes about him. If, that, if, if that's your lean. And I will say this much like last time. Um, he was. I I was looking at just price points. Matt Collins, I guess there was a showdown. I guess there was showdown pricing for him last time. He was, or he was $200. Now, now he's nowhere close to that. Like, if you want to play Matt Collins, he's $4,200. In all seriousness, man, that seems like a really steep price point on a guy that you said, as you said, is a practice squad guy. People are going to look at the fantasy points. They're going to see that he scored touchdowns in two of his last three weeks. Still Mack Hollins, though. So, I don't know. If Preston Williams does play, maybe it takes just enough away to where you don't want to be paying almost a, almost a mid-range salary on Mack Hollins.
0: Yeah, I think at the end of the day, he is their wide receiver, too. The The only reason I brought up Preston Williams is I'm not sure that Mack Collins plays, you know, like 80% of the snaps again. But even if it's like 70, that's a very clear role. I do agree with you that he's overpriced. When you look at the target distribution, he's just not as involved as Jasicki and Waddle. He plays more of that win sprinting role. And we'll talk about some of the interesting player personnel things that Miami does, but he just doesn't have that locked-in target share that Waddle does. Clearly the third option in the receiving game, if not fourth or fifth, based on the secondary tight ends and the running backs.
1: Let me ask you this, right? Would it be – is it really that crazy to just say – I don't know, I'd rather go to like Durham Smythe or something at a way cheaper price point.
0: I don't think that's crazy at all. This is the same situation with Baltimore where you have Miami running a ton of 12 personnel, except Mike Jasicki plays 100% of his snaps in the slot. Like this dude has single digit snaps in line. He is their slot receiver. He has the tight end moniker, but he is just purely a slot receiver. Like, when, when Jimmy Graham had that dispute with the Saints way back when, whether he was a receiver or a tight end, like, he was still lining up in line, I don't know, 30% of the time. Mike Jasicki should literally just change his position. He is not a
1: tight end. That's a good point. He should. He really should. Um, He'd get paid more. Like, he, he's yeah, not a tight end yeah. at all. Right. They're not using him to block. But you know how you and I always talk, we, we joke all the time about the fact that you have, oh God. You, you have these showdown slates where random tight ends end up scoring. It just feels like every single week, right? Like literally every week. Um, now, what, what, who scored? Uh, Friar had two last game. I thought there was another tight end that had one, just like a random tight end, but maybe I'm wrong. I don't know. What I do know is you, this is one of those weeks where you have Doran Smythe and then you have Adam Shaheen, both of whom are – Actually getting opportunities. I'm not saying either of them are exciting, Matt, but like you look at the snap counts for these guys because Mike Gusecki, as you made a great point, because Mike Gusecki is actually or Goseki is used as a tight end, you're getting 50 to 60 percent, and, and and it actually varies from week to week, whether it's Doram Smythe or Shaheen getting those, those snap counts. But like Adam Shaheen last three weeks, 70, 59, and 48 percent of snaps. Granted, I know a lot of these are blocking snaps but you're still on the field. And then Smythe with 40, 42 and 60, and then 83 the week before that, there are some opportunities here and it might only come on two to four targets, but they're very, very cheap. And when you have a slate like this with Lamar Jackson and Marquise Brown, some expensive options, you might have to resort to some of these guys.
0: Yeah, I'm a bozo. I forgot to round out the original point and talk about Durham Smythe to just talk about their... That's cool. <laughs> their 12... I'll bring you back to it. Thank you. Thank you. But you're absolutely right. These guys are on the field a a fair amount. And it's funny, like Durham Smythe has more routes on the year than, than Matt Collins. And obviously that has to do with injury. Like Devontae Parker played a lot in the beginning of the year, reducing Matt Collins workload, but they still use these guys a fair amount as wide receivers. This mainly comes out of the in-line allotment for Smythe and Shaheen. They're more your traditional tight ends, but they still do run a decent amount of routes here. And I think it's a situation where you can use them both as punts especially if you're trying to go up and jam some of the expensive options like for example your Lamar Jackson captains or even if you're captaining like a Marquise Brown he's not exactly cheap either you can use some of these guys as potential punt options like Smythe he's he's below 2k and Shaheen he's he's below a thousand I think Shaheen gives you I mean he's not all that different than Smythe to be honest he plays a little bit fewer snaps runs fewer routes but he's somebody that definitely could be used in the red zone for them. And in passing situations when they're rotating tight ends, wouldn't be a surprise to see one of these guys score a touchdown.
1: Yeah. Look, I agree. And we're not, they're not exciting. I mean, uh, Smythe is running around on 38% of dropbacks over the last three weeks. And then you've got Shaheen at what? I, th- I think he's around 40. Let me just make sure here. Yeah,
0: you're right. I don't have the exact number, but it is yeah. like 40%.
1: 43. So There's still opportunity there. And I think as touchdown dogs, you might really need to throw here against Baltimore. You might not like it, but these guys are are squarely in play today. Uh, And they're not getting any ownership either, Matt. They're both at like 10%, which I actually found surprising. I haven't built any lineups yet, but that surprised me a little bit, just given that there are some really expensive players like Lamar and and, and Marquise and Mark Andrews. But we'll see when we we get to making lineups. Go ahead.
0: I, so I think the snap counts for these guys is not going to be too different than Sammy Watkins. I think Sammy Watkins clearly has like a better target share. He'll be targeted more often on his routes run. But when you, when you just break this down based on playing time, they're probably pretty close to Watkins in terms of just raw, raw playing time. They're each going to be out there roughly 40 to 60% of the snaps, 50, 50, depending on the week. Sammy Watkins is probably going to come in around there too. And you're getting these guys at a huge discount. Where are you at at the running back position? I think Gaskin is overpriced at this point, especially for a running like a backfield that has been somewhat fluid week to week. You know, like Malcolm Brown saw some work really early in the year. He's not, he's not there anymore, but Miles Gaskin has been kind of the pseudo bell cow lately, but Salvin Ahmed has had some big weeks himself as well. And while the snaps have kind of gone towards Gaskin of late, does that shift at any point in time? I mean, it could. So I think at his price, he's just risky. You can definitely play him if you think the role he's seen in recent weeks continues.
1: I did mean to mention uh, as well that Adam Shaheen or Adam Shaheen, sorry, has one of the spots that I really, really like in terms of betting today as well. Um, I was just kind of perusing everything we had on the menu at odd shopper and his receiving prop on DraftKings, Matt, is it, Nine and a half yards. We have him projected for 14.3 yards receiving. You can see that. Our projections over there are free. They're the same ones we use over at uh, Osimo. Only 8% expected ROI, but 57% win rate, minus 110, over nine and a half. That, to me, is just a a good spot for a guy that is actually running routes on almost 45% of dropbacks this season in a week where they likely have to throw.
0: Yeah, I love that prop. And these like five yard differences are even more important when you're talking about lower yardage numbers to begin with like a five yardage difference for a Marquise Brown. And I don't have the numbers in front of me, but let's say it's like 66 to 71. That's not as impactful as like a nine to a 14 yard prop. Like one reception could be the difference here. He could have Absolutely. all of this on one single catch.
1: Absolutely. Uh, Sterling or uh, sorry, Bev says, Lafayette. who do you think is the safest play, running back play from the Ravens is? It's Freeman because he has actually been involved as a pass catcher. Matt, where do you think we go with the backfield? Is there anything that stands out as, as um, did I ask you this already? I'm sorry. I was trying to, to go back and forth here. Did I ask you about the backfield already?
0: Yeah, just briefly from a, okay. I'll, we talked about their roles from a pricing standpoint, Ahmed is really cheap today. So he's another punt. That's like, he's only 200 more than Adam Shaheen. So he's going to come out and play sp- 25 ish percent of the snaps maybe a little bit less based on what we've seen in recent weeks but like four carries last week potentially a catch here and there that could just be enough with the construction like lamari goes out and scores 35 points basically at that point if that's the case you just want to hit on whatever punt scores the most raw points because lamar is the separator for the lineup so Ahmed is certainly in play for that reason he's just going to be one of these really cheap fillers that potentially get you to the elite options
1: if there's one thing I've learned with our prop tools, it's being able to exploit like backup running back props and just obscure player reception and receiving yard props that no one's confident in that no one wants to talk about. Uh, you know, I've been betting like under a half a reception on certain players this year, Matt, because you know, we haven't projected for zero and there's just a lot of really good spots. Salvin Ahmed is one where I agree that there's some value there, but I do, I am going under receiving yards, 79% expected win rate, expected ROIs, 51%. We have him projected for 6.9 receiving yards. He's not running many routes, 17% of dropbacks. He's targeted on 22% of the routes that he runs. So essentially against a good Baltimore Ravens defense. I like the under here. My two props for Miami today, for those of you getting into that betting action with us and seriously, check out odd shopper. Uh, It's so easy to use. For me, it's going to be Ahmed under the uh, the receiving yards, Smythe, and you could go Shah- or Shaheen and Smythe over receiving yards, and then Matt said over completions on Lamar Jackson. I love them all. We're up against it, Matt. I think we hit on everything here. So let's build a lineup real quick. Before we do, very quick thoughts on kickers and defenses.
0: I think Miami's are a little less intriguing, obviously, as a seven-and-a-half-point underdog, but you should definitely be mixing them in because it's a low-scoring game environment overall. So... Sanders, he's completely fine. I would rather find the extra money, the 600, to get to Tucker. But if you cannot, I'm fine with Sanders because there's so many studs we want to target.
1: Mike, I'm going to have to ask Hall of Fame for for this one. We'll do it uh, on the strategy uh, matchup show. Hopefully you'll join us at 11. And then you've got the NBA strategy show coming up in just about five minutes if you're getting ready for tonight's Thursday slate. So stick around for all of that today. Matt, do you have any shows coming up, any videos, any betting stuff that we should know about?
0: I'm doing college football VODs every single day that we have college football. So there will be one of those today. Otherwise, you can catch me on Saturday for my next live show. That is the College Football Live Before Lock on Sunday Live Before Lock 2.
1: Awesome. And one more push before we build this lineup. Hit that thumbs up. We're three away from 100. We have 400 people watching. You know, It's still NBA season. We have 400 people watching on a Thursday morning NFL strategy show. Love you guys for that. Makes it a whole lot more fun than having like six people watching. All right, Matt, let's build a lineup. I, we only have time to build one, so I say we go no Lamar at captain. Or do you want to go? I'll, I'll, you make the call. Yeah, let's let's do
0: a pass catcher of Lamar's at captain. Love let's it. do let's do like a Bateman.
1: Okay, we'll go Bateman at captain. All right, I like it. I was it. thinking
0: just a mid price receiver that gives us a different construction where we could maybe still play some studs but have Love our it. leverage with the captain.
1: Love it. All right, so I'm going Lamar Jackson. In the flex then. I don't think there's any question about that.
0: Okay, so let's let's go on the Miami side and play Brissette, just too cheap for his role, assuming he plays.
1: Okay. I'm going Jalen Waddell. I think there's just too much volume in a showdown slate to not want to get these PPR uh, points.
0: I love it. And I think because we have a, a decent amount of salary left on the table, we could either do two middling plays or do something like a stars and scrub build. I kind of want to play Shaheen and see what we can do.
1: Let's do it. It's going to put us – oh, dude, we could get to
0: Mark Andrews. Oh, I love this. We could play Jasicki, too, if we want to leave salary yep. on the table. Love this.
1: That's sexy because Bateman's not going to be a popular captain either.
0: No, and we still played a lot of highly owned plays, but we created a lot of leverage with our captain spot.
1: For sure. Bateman captain per- uh, ownership is 2% right now.
0: And again, we're just, we're just trying to get different having a highly owned Lamar.
1: Right. And quite frankly, a bunch of these guys are going to be high on, but it's still nice. Like, we got Brissett with two pass catchers. We have Mark Andrews, Lamar, and Rashad Bateman. I dig it, man. That's a, that's a fun lineup right there. I, I like really it, like too. That.
0: Definitely a large field, but I like it as well.
1: All right, Matt. This has been a fun show. Went too
0: quick. I wish we had more time. Yeah, man. These, these showdown shows are a blast, man. I'm glad we get to do them twice a week. That's, yes. That makes it better.
1: No doubt. And we got the live before lock tonight. Live before lock for the showdown slate right after lock for NBA. Uh, everything you need here on the site, we got you covered. Thanks as always for hanging out guys. Stick around NBA strategy show coming up next hit Matt up at Matt underscore Gajewski, that, that yellow name right under his head and myself at Lafay underscore D. And uh, bev- uh, be sure to check out all the free content, the NFL showdown, top plays, college basketball projections, all that stuff free. And if you want to get 25% off your first week of Awesome o Plus Platinum, all the tools, every sport on the site, NFL showdown, all one word, all caps at awesomeo.com slash join. Peace.